Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Coming up on NBA Today, fresh off being introduced in Cleveland, we break down the expectations for Donovan Mitchell in his first year with the Cavs. Plus, 30 years ago, the Dream Team took the world by storm, but today it's the European players running the show. Art Kirk Goldsberry has more on the impact they've made. Also, reaction from Chris Paul and LeBron James following the Robert Sarver suspension as we get started here on NBA Today. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and we start the show with prominent players speaking out for the first time in the wake of Suns owner Robert Sarver being fined $10 million and suspended for one year. That's following some racist comments, misogynistic behavior, and fostering a hostile work environment. But before we share with you what Chris Paul and LeBron James had to say, take a listen here to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver yesterday detailing his conversations with players as this investigation unfolded. So I've talked to some players, um, you know, and those have been private conversations. Uh, I think um, I, I'll leave it for the, the players um, to to speak directly how they feel. I would only say I, you know, I I think disheartening. Um, same reaction I've had in many cases. I, you know, I, I think these are. You know, it's it. I, I think sad, saddened, as you know, as I was. I think for those players to see that we are we continue to deal with these issues. I think it's look. It's it's no secret. We you know, um, this is a league where you know roughly 80% of our players are, are are black. You know, more than half our coaches are black. It's it's. Um, I will say that none of them maybe are as shocked as I am living their lives that I don't think they're reading this saying, oh my God, I can't believe this happens. Yesterday, we heard from the players directly, notably Sun star Chris Paul, who's entering his third season in Phoenix. He wrote, quote, like many others, I reviewed the report. I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read. This conduct, especially towards women, is unacceptable and must never be repeated. And I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. My heart goes out to all the people that were affected. And LeBron James also took to Twitter to express his frustration with the ruling. Read through the Sarver stories a few times now. I gotta be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There is no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league, and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. 
There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team, we hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. I'm joined now by Richard Jefferson and senior writer Brian Winhorst. Brian, you've covered LeBron since he was a teenager in Akron. You spent a lot of time in Phoenix last season in particular. Both of these players, they, they have a rich history of speaking out about injustice. What stands out to you here? Malika, the, the words that LeBron used when he said, I said this before, he's referring to what he said about Donald Sterling. He used the exact same words uh, eight years ago when the Donald Sterling uh, tapes became public. And he said, there's no place in our league for someone like Donald Sterling. And that was partially a tipping point uh, that rallied other players to call for Donald Sterling to be banned from the league. There's some differences. Primarily, that those statements were made by him and other players before Adam Silver announced that, 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 that Sterling was banned for life. In this case, they're reacting after the punishment came down. And, you know, one thing that I think is important to realize here is that Adam Silver uh, works for the owners. Mm. Um, I know that the league has tried to get away from the word owner in recent years, and there's a reason for that, and I understand it. But the word owner exists because those guys and, and, and few women own the league. And the difficulty here is I don't care where you go in, in, in the world, when you have to police yourself, it's very difficult to get, um, you know, fair uh, situations. So it is unfair and, you know, probably, um, you know, really asking too much for the players to have to hold the owners accountable here. But for this to have any change at all that what's happened, it is going to come down to players like LeBron, Chris Paul, and potentially fans and even some sponsors. Otherwise, this is going to stay the way it is. Well, ultimately, LeBron James is the most important basketball player on the planet. Whether or not he's the best, whether or not he's the GOAT, that, that's up for discussion. But he is the most important player in the game of basketball on this planet. So his words do carry weight. And so when he says this, we've seen these words from him before. He has read the report, and he's asking other people to go read the report. And then why Chris Paul is so important? Chris Paul is so important because, one, he was on the team with Donald Stern. Now he is currently on this team. And I'll add one more. He is the former head of the Players Association. So you mix all that in. And I will respect Chris Paul and LeBron James waiting for the report to come out, waiting for, you know, the innocent until proven guilty. And so now when, when, the, when the league has determined that, his, uh, that Sarver's actions were that bad and now the players are allowed to speak, but... I said on this panel yesterday, and people were like, why does it always have to fall on the players? Well, Brian said it. Like, when you're asking in the league to police themselves, it's very, very difficult. And so you've seen it in the bubble. You've seen it with social justice. You've seen it with so many different things. The players are the ones that are oftentimes asked to step forward and be the face of this league. And I commend Chris Paul and LeBron James for what they said. Fair or unfair, it seems that this is once again falling on the players. But, but ultimately, Brian, what impact do you see this having? It's hard to say, Malika. I would say at this point it's very unpredictable what's going to happen. One of the things that's looming kind of over this is right now the owners and the players are engaged in collective bargaining agreement talks. Those talks are ongoing. Uh, there's a deadline coming up in December. And look, I'm not trying to say that that would stop a player action, but it certainly is a factor that goes on. Um, and so, um, you know, 
typically in the past, you know, Adam Silver's basically said, this is our punishment, we've spoken. And so the only way that I think anything would change is if there's some sort of societal pressure, whether that comes from the players, mm. comes from fans, um, and it comes from sponsors who would have to vote, who would have to sort of make their voices heard either with participation or with money. And it's, it's coming in a dead part of the NBA calendar. So I, I just can't predict what's going to happen here. Well, and, and so many times when we talk about sponsors, right, you know, you try and put this in a position where, you know, you hate to say that this type of incident, you hope that it blows over. But understand this. This report was released when? It was released the Tuesday after, month, after the first week of football. Mm. After Monday Night Football, after the first week where the whole country is focused on football and the start of football, and then you slide this report in here on a Tuesday. They're trying to do it in a manner that it can just get as a, a little amount of coverage and so that it can hopefully get, by the time the season starts, by the time those sponsors start throwing money in, when the games start, you hope that there is a little bit of a gap there that it can kind of blow over. And that's where the pressure becomes on the players. That's when the pressure goes. And it's not just the Phoenix Suns. He also owns the Mercury, the women's team in that town with one of the greatest players of all time. Diana Taurasi is on that roster. And so, look, I don't just want to hear from NBA players. I also want to hear from WNBA players and hear how they feel to possibly go into an arena with an owner that has put out these type of misogynistic and racist views. Unfortunately, once again, it seems to be falling on the players. Notably, the owners have been very silent thus far on this issue. We will see if that changes over the coming days and weeks. As a reminder, we're only a week away from media day. So while the season doesn't start officially for another month preseason games are going to be played players will have to meet with reporters and I imagine these tough questions will continue to be asked until there is a bit more of a resolution here uh, you mentioned sponsors Brian we're going to have continued coverage of Robert Sarver's suspension on today's show including Baxter Holmes joining us who's reported reporting prompted the NBA's investigation and he has some information on how sponsors are reacting to both the report and Adam Silver's comments yesterday. Uh, you mentioned the Mercury, Richard. I, I do want to update you all on Brittany Griner's wrongful detainment in Russia. President Joe Biden plans to meet with family members of both Griner and Michigan corporate security executive Paul Whelan, remember, both of whom remain jailed in Russia. And the meetings, they are scheduled for Friday at the White House. That's what senior administration officials told the Associated Press. And then the separate meetings are the first in-person discussions between Biden and the families. The administration said in July that it had made, quote, substantial proposals to get both Griner and Whelan home. But despite plans for these White House meetings, there's no sign that a breakthrough is imminent. We will be covering every angle of Biden's meeting with Griner's family. That's tomorrow on NBA Today. We're also going to check in on the WNBA Finals. The Aces, they're just one game away from their first title. So what exactly does the Sun need to do to keep their championship dreams alive? Plus, Commissioner Adam Silver on the potential in-season tournament. Do not miss what Richard has to say about that. It, it seems like also there's been a shift in power. How the international basketball reign is just getting started. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. NBA Today is brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Now let's talk about the play of the week. 
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hey, I got a time today. I got a time. Uh, uh, Aim at the moon. Shoot up sky. Let's do it. Now it's time for today's WNBA Corner presented by Google. So game three of the WNBA Finals shifts to Connecticut tonight as the Suns, they try to avoid elimination. Here's today's search trend. It's provided by Google. Searches for WNBA Finals ratings, they spiked 950% in the United States over the last week. Tuesday's Sky Mercury WNBA Finals game two, it averaged 789 thousand viewers on ESPN that makes it the league's largest audience regular season playoffs all-star game everything since the deciding game five of the 2017 finals it's all on the line tonight for the Connecticut Sun so I want to break this down a little bit for you all at home so just talk a little bit more about this we have our I was gonna say WNBA analyst but she's our everything analyst Roz Gould on Wude <laughs> is joining us on the show now Roz thank you so much for hanging with us for educating us here The Las Vegas Aces, their game to win afterwards. Coach Becky Hammond, she said the difference in the game was Kelsey Plum getting downhill. How was she able to do that here? Well, actually, let's take a look at the tape. Okay, I'll break it down. Let's do it. I'm going to see it. Kelsey Plum just kept attacking relentlessly, and the Sun and Courtney Williams were often reacting. They want more intention at the point of attack. John Paul Jones is high, but she's not trapping. She's not hedging. She's also not getting back and helping. She kind of watches as Kelsey Plum drives to her strong left hand and gets to the cup. This time, Kelsey Plum's going to punish them for not seeing the ball and not playing help side defense. I know, that's a no-no. And they're all sucked up high on the weak side. That's an open lane for Kelsey Plum to attack. Now, I still think there's another opportunity for John Paul Jones to show Kelsey a crowd throughout the game. She's defending Kia Stokes, who's not a three-point threat. You know, you don't have to be out there glued on her. So Kelsey Plum was able to consistently beat the first line of defense, get to her strong hand, and see open lanes and no help. 
And Rich, I know that you you have a soft spot for Kelsey Plum's game. No, I do, I do honestly. But what I love about her game is just when she was saying that Asia cussed her out and got her going. Like, and that's what sometimes those are the things that it takes. It takes your teammate to kind of fire you up and be like, "Yo, are you you going to show up and do something?" But Becky Hammond, I have been watching what mm. Becky Hammond has been doing, watching her work the timeouts. One of the sounds that they put in uh, about her talking about points in the paint. That to me, it just again. The WNBA got it right. I still feel like the NBA got it right, and she should be a head coach in this league. Let's talk about that a little bit because Kelsey Plum getting the most of her throughout the season is just one of the notable, spectacular things that Becky Hammond has been able to do to get her team to these WNBA finals. What stands out to you, Roz, from her coaching? Becky Hammond feels like the right mix of X's and O's and feel for the game. Mm. Like, I actually, during the final, spoke with Asia Wilson about her, and she said Becky has relatability in the locker room as somebody who played at a high level, has been in those locker rooms as a player. She described her demeanor as black and white, no gray area, said she holds you accountable, and you want to play hard for her. And, you know, you can look at examples. Game one at halftime, Becky had a light into the Aces team at halftime. Now, that was a button she chose to push. That's outside of Becky's usually chill demeanor and character, but it worked. It was the right play. Then you look throughout the playoffs, how we've all been saying, what great execution of plays, especially in the clutch, end of game situations, or after timeouts. And Asia Wilson told me, it's Becky's composure. It's the fact that she's calm, so they feel calm. And she said all of the players trust that Becky will put them in a good situation. Well, and that was one of the interesting things when Becky Hammond was introduced as the head coach of the Aces earlier this year, she said that one thing that appealed to her about the job is that the Aces saw her as a head coach right now, right away. So I do want to let you all listen to her answer when she was asked if anyone thinks that the NBA feels maybe a little bit silly for not hiring her. Hmm? It's about putting these ladies in a position to win a championship. That's been my focus. That's why I took this job. I felt they had the talent to do it. And I felt um, that I could build the relationships and build a culture in the right way for us to, to put ourselves in a position to be able to win a championship. Like I said before, we haven't won anything yet. Um, all we did is take care of home court. We did what we were supposed to do. Um, but I'm used to people not picking me. I don't know if you're aware. I just do me. <laughs> I just do I me. It. I know I that's it right. So much. Well, she was playing for Liberty when I was uh, in New York, so I got a chance to watch her play as a player. Like I'd sit courtside, she'd be talking trash, and then you get to. Then I was with her uh, during her time in San Antonio and, yep. and, and, and saw her there. The thing that I like most about Becky is that she's one on every level, and then she started coaching with. When you look at the San Antonio coaching tree, if there was another San Antonio player that had the same coaching resume, won a summer league, the amount of all-star game, all of that stuff, if that was a male, they would be a head coach. So what does she do? She's like, all right, I'll coach summer league and win that. Then what am I going to do? I'm going to keep being an assistant coach under one of the great coaches in NBA history. Then in my first year, I'm going to go to the WNBA, and then I'm going to get coach of the year and potentially have a chance to win a championship. Coach up the MVP. Uh, coach up the MVP. So when I look around this league, and I'm sitting here like when you're like, who are we going to bring and who am I bringing? The only reason why Becky Hammond isn't a coach is not because of her qualifications. It's not because of her basketball IQ. It's because she is a female. And so there are still a ton of doors to break down. Well, I, I want to be very clear about one thing. It does not sound like Becky Hammond is sitting there thinking about the coulda, woulda, shoulda. No, don't get that okay. ring, girl. I'm going to go do me, and I'm going to get a ring right here, right now, in an incredibly 
difficult league. Roz, thank you so much for, for bringing some knowledge to the game for us today. Make sure to tune in for Game 3, the Aces, the Sun, as Las Vegas, they are just one win away from their first title and franchise history. The Sun, they won two elimination games, though, in the semis, so, so don't count them out yet. Tonight, it's at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on ESPN and the app. WNBA Countdown tips off our coverage at 8.30 Eastern, and Roz will be all over our shows, breaking <laughs> it all down. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, we analyze how much success the Cavs are they going to have with Donovan Mitchell? Richard Jefferson, Let's he is go. going to break it all down. Oh. Also, with all the talent that's coming from overseas, we ask our panel, who are they taking, USA or the world? You don't want to miss that. And wait until you hear what John Moran had to say about his poster dunks. Ooh. No one is safe. Stick around. NBA Today is just getting started. Mm. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Three-time All-Star and the newest Cleveland Cavalier, Donovan Mitchell. Let's go. Blew me away. Still, still blow me away. I kind of see your people here, man. Like it's, it's truly. It, it makes you feel appreciated. I had the Cavs jersey on when I was like five. <laughs> My man's over there saying Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I was saying that at the house. Like you know what I mean. So it's crazy how life comes full circle. I thought for sure I was going back home. Not gonna lie about that. But you know when I found out where I was headed, who I was playing with, the group, the team, the coaching staff, I couldn't be more happier. That I love the cold. To be honest, I think I dress better in the cold. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I am all here for the cold weather. Jacket season? Let's go. We're ready. Yeah, We're ready. We're already yeah. there. Um, just as it happens, the All-Star Game is in Utah this season. Also great for uh, winter weather. Uh, we will be fitted, Brian, but we can't go any further without bringing back just this this moment this wonderful photo from your sit down it's it's too, did you have to ask him to take it was it his idea please tell us it was not my idea uh he was very happy to take i don't know if he would have been so happy on july 1st when it actually went down but yesterday he was in a much better mood as you can see right there i i think if, if we get it printed on a t-shirt will you wear it i would I'll oh, wear it. All right. We'll have, to, we'll have to negotiate. Okay. All right. Well, if Richard will wear it, then then we're good. Um, you did, though, on, on a more serious note, you sat down with Donovan Mitchell for about 12 minutes yesterday, 11 minutes, 57 seconds to be precise. I read the transcript. Uh, we counted. So what stood out to you the most from your conversation with him? 
Yeah, I know there's been a lot of discussion about the Knicks and then his departure from the Jazz, but, you know, really Donovan was excited yesterday about being in Cleveland. And, um, you know, the moment that he found out that he got traded, he was actually playing golf. And he was just dying to know. He knew he'd been traded to Cleveland. His agent, Austin Brown, had let him know, but he didn't know who he'd been traded for. And once he found out that he was going to still be able to play with all their all-stars, his outlook on his position for next year changed a lot. And we talked about that yesterday. Well, that's kind of a, a big part of it, right? Because as we've been talking about other potential trades over the summer, Kevin Durant, namely, it was the, the conversation of, well, if he goes somewhere, who would still be there? And, and for this deal with the Cavaliers to be able to keep their core together largely and add Donovan Mitchell, that, that's huge. Richard, though, we, we've talked a lot about what it was like in Utah, what happened in Utah, what is going on in Utah. But I'm, I'm curious. I want to turn the page to basketball a little bit. What do you think Donovan Mitchell is going to look like with the Cavaliers? Uh, I was not surprised. I was, I was, I was just, look, look, I'm ready to talk. It, it's been a while. We haven't done a lot of basketball. You ready to do some basketball, Malika? Okay? The roster. Show me the roster. I want to show you guys. First of all, this is an absolute squad. All-star, all-star, top pick, Future All-Star, All-Star. Now, let's go to the other side. Let's look at the bench. You got Ricky Rubio. You got Karis LeVert. You got my guy, Jetty K-Love. Look at him. Just, just a, a vision. And then you got Lopez. This is why this team is important. And I just lost my headpiece, so I can't even talk to my producer anymore. So this is all me. Doesn't matter anybody else. This is why this is so impressive. It's impressive because this. They were on a 50-win pace. They finished third at the All-Star break. So they were rolling. They were balling. And then their two big horses, Mobley and Allen, they went down. When those two guys went down, they stumbled down the end of the break. And so now you get a guy like Donovan Mitchell, one of the best pick and roll guys in the business. He's great in the clutch. He's late game. And that's what this team was losing. They brought in Karis LeVert. They brought in Karis LeVert right around the trade deadline to try and see if they can get that late game score. But now that you got Ricky Rubio, see everybody was talking about when you have Rudy Gobert. Well, he's got two guys now. He's got Jared Allen, one of the best, got great hands, can finish left, right, can shoot, can do a little bit of pick and pop to about 15, 17, but also a young player. And then look, the lob game. You can throw a late lob game, and when you have shooters on the outside, like a Kevin Love, now you have Garland that can shoot 30 35% on catch and shoots. Donovan Mitchell shot 35% on catch and shoot. And why this is important is because he's going to have to have the ball in his hands. Darius Garland is going to have to have the ball in his hands. So now Donovan Mitchell is going to be having to do some catch and shoots because he's playing with another all-star in his backcourt. It's not like when you played with Ricky Rubio. It's not like when you played uh, with, with Mike Conley. You have another guy that needs the ball in his hands. And so ultimately, this team as a whole, the way it's rounded out, this is one of the most complete teams. I'll be it young and inexperienced, but one of the most complete teams in this league. Don't be surprised when they finish in the top three. Don't be surprised Don't when be they surprised. finish in the top three. So that's the potential that mm -hmm. the Cavaliers have, at mm -hmm. least according to Richard Jefferson. But Brian, I understand that you actually got to see some of the guys in a run yesterday. What stood out to you? Yeah, I was. I had the opportunity to watch the Cavs play pickup. Uh, almost their entire team is already there, mm. and you know, just to watch Donovan Mitchell out there playing with Evan Mobley, watch him out there playing with Jared Allen. Um, he's already he spent some time with Darius Garland during the year. You could already see that chemistry. Um, you know, that court was filled with all-star level players, and it's like, wow, this is a real team. And the other thing I'm going to say is, you know, Ricky Rubio is coming off of a torn ACL. 
Rubio was there, not playing in the run, but he was working mm. out. And I am not a doctor or physical therapist, but he looked like he had come a long way off that injury. Now, uh, not about nine months off the ACL injury. And so he is working his way back. And I thought he looked good, was, was running around doing strength training with no knee brace. So that was a really good sign, too. The Cavs um, are in a very competitive Eastern Conference. Um, they could have a great season and still finish fifth. But I can tell you that that team has got a lot of talent and a lot of enthusiasm right now. Yeah, and one of the things that I like about this team is the chemistry that's already there. We saw the chemistry uh, when you look at Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. I think the Kevin Love resurgence last year had a lot to do with the point guard that he was familiar with. Do you know who else has played with Ricky Rubio before? Donovan Mitchell. So when you look at this, there are some pieces that are there that allow them to play well together. But to Wendy's point, Yes, they could have a great year and finish fifth. They could also have a great year and finish first. Why do I believe that they can finish first wow. in the conference? This is why. Because this is a young team that didn't finish strong. Now they have depth. Now you would imagine Garland to be better. You would add, imagine Mobley to be better. Jared Allen to be better. All of these young players are still not even close to their prime. Donovan Mitchell is still just turned 26 just a little bit ago. So for me to say that these guys were to be better and they were third at the All-Star break, they could be like a Utah team that wins a lot of regular season games and then has to go prove it in the postseason. Well, to me right now, the Eastern Conference is the deeper conference. So, Brian, do you see the Cavs? And I, and I don't think this is crazy. I said this the other day on our YouTube page that I'm most excited of all the teams to see what the Cavs are putting together this year. Do you think it is crazy, Richard's prediction, that they could finish top three in the East? I mean, I definitely think they could finish top three. I think they're missing the kind of big wing defenders that you mm -hmm. have to have to, to, uh, to really compete at the highest level in the NBA right now. I mean, when you think about a possible playoff series against Kevin Durant, against James Harden, against Giannis, against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, against Jimmy Butler, yeah, the, the Cavs are a little bit lacking on the wings right now. The, you know, they've got some young guys in Isaac Okoro and Jetty Osman. Um, but the thing about this team and the reason they made this trade is all, Donovan is the old man in this group. He mm -hmm. just turned 26 last week. All these guys are in their early 20s, and they're all under team control. Donovan with three years left on his contract. Garland just signed a five-year extension. Jared Allen is the second year of a five-year contract. Um, Evan Moby is just in the second year of his rookie contract. So, they don't have to win it all this year, but they haven't made the playoffs without LeBron James since 1998. And so if they're able to get into the playoffs and, and start to build chemistry as a group like that, I think it'll be a successful season. Well, see, and the one thing that I'll add to your point, because the only thing that they are missing is a big wing defender, because you got the Kevin Durant, the Jason Tatum, the Jalen Browns, and they don't have an athletic wing. You coming they out got, of retirement? No, heck no. But they got Isaac Curl. But this is why I like the position that they're in. Yes, they gave away a ton of picks to the Utah Jazz, but you got a Curl. You got Jetty. So if, let's say, around a certain time, you wanted to trade away two very, very good young players to go get a veteran, you could. Why would you trade away two young players? Because the rest of your team is extremely young. All of those guys, you know, Mobley, uh, Allen, all of these guys are super young. So to give away Isaac or to trade away Jetty to bring in a veteran wing defender to round out your roster, they have everything laid out for them to do that and not mess up their core. That's why I think they're in a great position. Not to mention, you have Karis LeVert coming off the bench. J.B. Bickerstaff in a position, I believe, to be once again in the conversation for Coach of the Year. It is going to be a very interesting season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming up, though, on NBA Today, we have some breaking news on the Robert Sarver situation. The Suns, they have named who will be stepping in while Robert Sarver is serving his one-year suspension. That's next on NBA Today.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We have breaking news here on NBA Today as the Robert Sarver situation and fallout continues to unfold. According to our Baxter Holmes, who is joining us now, the Suns have named Sam Gavin as the interim governor. So can Garvin, excuse me, Sam Garvin. So can you tell us a little bit more about who Mr. Garvin is? Yeah, so Sam Garvin, um, alternate governor, been with the team since uh, 2004, the year that uh, Robert Sarver led a group to buy the Suns. Um, I believe, I was just reading his bio right before uh, we were coming on, that he was also an interim governor, I want to say around 2007. But Zach Lowe and I um, reported this, and um, this was effective as of last night. Adam Silver um, authorized it, so Sam Garvin is going to be the interim governor uh, during Robert Sarver's one-year suspension. He also um, he, he supported Robert Sarver um, in the statement that he released, or that the team released, in November 5th, right after our initial story. There was a, there was a list of co-owners um, who, who backed him, who supported him, and uh, Sam Garvin was one of those. Sam Garvin was on that list. That's very, very interesting. Thank you so much, Baxter. You mentioned Adam Silver has already said that this is okay, has said that the, he can push this through, and this is already effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baxter, I do want to play a bite from what Adam Silver said at the press conference that he held yesterday that really sent shockwaves throughout the Suns organization. In terms of future behavior, Um, there's no question he's on notice. Um, He knows that. And I I also think, though, if you look at the chronology of the sort of the report, is that most of this activity goes back many, most of the um, inappropriate activity goes back many years. I would say the son's workplace is um, a very different environment today, even at the beginning of, of this investigation than it was years ago. I don't think there's any dispute over that. I mentioned that those comments in particular have reverberated around the Suns organization. What have you been hearing? Yeah, the, uh, the, the concept that these things were you know, in the past, that many of them were in the past, uh, definitely struck a very powerful chord. I want to read a, a quote uh, from a current staffer. The sad thing is much of the discussion acts as if these were long ago historical events mm. and that things have been cleaned up. My coworkers are so infuriated that this is the perception. The commissioner has this very wrong. This was from a current staffer. I've heard from former staffers, from others throughout the organization. Also, I want to point out earlier this summer, um, in May, uh, a, a longtime female staffer resigned from the team, Mm. uh, um, citing retaliation after reporting concerns about toxic 
about a toxic and misogynistic culture. Sent an email to the ownership or to members of the ownership group, including Robert Sarver. So um, I, I want to I say that, that people there are feeling as if this is being framed as a lot of long ago things. And that there's a lot of very angry people um, because of the way that Adam Silver framed that. And you're saying that that was May of 2022. Just, just a few a months ago. Months ago. That's yeah. very interesting. I do. I want to bring back a couple of tweets that we shared earlier from players, notable players, weighing in on this for the first time. Uh, Chris Paul tweeted, quote, like many others, I reviewed the report. I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read. This conduct, especially toward women, is unacceptable. It must never be repeated. And I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. My heart goes out to all of the people that were affected. And then LeBron, I read through the Sarver stories a few times now. I've got to be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There is no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league. I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism at any workplace. It doesn't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We have to hold our league up. Up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. So I wonder, Baxter, how much of an impact can these players speaking up here have on what happens next to Robert Sarver? One of the, I will say this. People inside the organization, after the league's decision, were hoping that players could speak up and that there would be some kind of power because everyone knows how much power players' voices have. Um, and, and we've seen that for so long. So they were waiting for that. I will say, I, I reported on the show yesterday, concern internally mm. about what the NBA's report uh, and their findings would have with respect to business, team sponsors, business sponsors. I can also, I can report today that there, that, that has intensified in the wake of LeBron James and Chris Paul's tweets. There's higher concern about potentially losing business uh, given what has been tweeted, uh, what, they, what those guys tweeted yesterday. And look, we know money drives everything yep. in virtually every business. So you asked what kind of impact that can have. I think if we start to see money being impacted, um, who knows where it can lead from there. Interesting. I, I want to thank you, Baxter, for all of the reporting and work that you have done on this story. We will continue uh, to have you on the show as news continue to unfold and you continue to break it. But sincerely, thank you. It's been remarkable to watch you work here. Thank you. Still to come on NBA Today, we're going to explore how the dominance of the Dream Team 30 years ago influenced a shift in power throughout the game of basketball. We'll explain. NBA Today will be back after this. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're watching NBA Today. Richard, did you see what happened yesterday? Luka Doncic, Slovenia, their run in Eurobasket. What I want to know is why we don't spell it with the J, but they do. Okay, well, we can investigate that a little bit later. Let's see what happened here. Luka Doncic in Slovenia, they take on Poland. Luka, starting off hot here. I see you. The left wing, the left wing, you just got to guard him over there. This was a little scary, though, for Slovenia. Luka goes down. He looks like he's in some pain. I think his, I think his teammate stepped on his foot. I stepped on his hand. I think that's what it was. But then it, his back. Luka just always seems like he's a little banged up. You oh. think this is hilarious. Yeah, well, I think it's funny. he was able to come back to the game. You can see in the fourth quarter here, Poland, four-point lead. Luka. Who's on the Poland team? Upset with that call. Once again, this they have is, a chance. This is the worst. That is a foul in every country. Look, as as a referee, as a referee, I'm going to tell you that that should have been called. As a summer league referee, I am a referee. We don't need to add well, any other. Well, it wasn't con- called, and Luca was not happy about that. Yeah, I know Luca's going to be happy to get back here and start working with the NBA refs again. See, see, Luca, take it easy on the NBA guys. Well, they would have called that. Slovenia would fall to Poland, 90-87. Uh, Poland pulled off the upset. They were the 14-point underdogs. And now they move on to face Rudy Gobert and France in the semis. And then on the other side of the bracket, Spain, they will play the host Germany. Spain and France are perennial European powers. They've combined to win four of the last five Eurobasket. Hey, Spain's events. a powerhouse. For more on the Eurobasket, here's Kirk Goldsberry. Let's go, Kirk. For the first time, a team of mostly NBA players will defend America's Olympic pride. In 1992, the Dream Team went to Barcelona and put on a dazzling basketball showcase that changed the sport forever. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, and Larry Bird helped form the greatest basketball team in history, won gold in Barcelona, and helped spark a new passion for basketball in Europe and around the world. Back then, almost all the greatest players in pro basketball were Americans. But in the 2020s, that's just not true anymore. Right now, the international players are the studs and the stars of the NBA. Coming into the upcoming season, the top four MVP candidates were all born and raised outside of the United States. This month, three of these superstars played for their national teams at Eurobasket, showing the world that the current state of international basketball is fantastic and that the superstar pipeline to the NBA has changed. This year's Eurobasket proves it. Are you kidding me? He has been unstoppable. He's not from this planet. 
Thousands of Europeans, many wearing official NBA gear, are attending high-level games that feature loads of homegrown NBA talent. As American fans in places like Dallas, Denver, and Milwaukee are now tuning in to watch their favorite superstars playing big games in Prague, Milan, Cologne, and Berlin. Dirk Nowitzki, one of the greatest power forwards of all time. International players haven't simply infiltrated the NBA, they've elevated it too. In the 2000s, Dirk Nowitzki proved once and for all that big men can be just as skilled as anyone, leveraging one of the greatest jump shots the game has ever seen to stretch out defenses and open up the floor. And while Manu Ginobili did not invent the Eurostep, he helped make it a fundamental new tool for attacking guards and wings to take advantage of the open floor Nowitzki helps create. Manu Ginobili doing Manu Ginobili things. Following Ginobili's retirement announcement in 2018, LeBron James tweeted a congratulatory message to him, adding, The game of basketball has you to thank for the most swag move in basketball right now, which is the Eurostep. I wanted to show the whole world that I belong here. Really changed the way the game is played today. I'm actually really proud where the game has gone the last 20 years. The skill level has gone through the roof. The rise of global superstars is one of the most remarkable trends in pro basketball right now, but it's by no means complete. Speaking of LeBron, Victor Wembanyama, the French seven-footer who is the projected number one pick in next summer's draft, has been called the most exciting NBA prospect since James because he combines size, athleticism, and skill in ways draft analysts have never seen. If those draft experts are right, he's bound for glory and the NBA will have just another international superstar competing for MVPs and championships. A generation after Jordan and the Dream Team dazzled in Europe, international superstars are now returning the favor in a profound way. Thank you for that, Kirk Goldsberry. I, I think the question, though, that that provokes for me is, has the talent of international players passed that of U.S. players? Because So you guys know the Rising Stars Challenge during All-Star Weekend that used to feature Team USA versus Team World in an exhibition yeah. game. Yeah. So we've, if we had a hypothetical game between the top foreign-born players and the top American players, I want to know who you guys think would win. Let's just show you what the rosters could look like here. You can see Curry, James, Durant, t- starters, USA, World, Murray, Doncic, Giannis. And then the bench, uh, I think the U.S.'s bench might be a yeah. little bit deeper. But but this is interesting here. The Americans, Ja, Booker, Harden, Dame, world team, they have plenty of size. Who would you take, Richard? Where's Carl Anthony Towns born? Where's Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, he's born in the, um, the islands. The, the Dominican. I did not know that. But hey, congratulations. Who am I taking? I'm taking the U.S. Hey, all the time, every day. I'm not even trying to rhyme. Look, at the end of the day, if you're talking about the world, the world is getting better. Like, the teams are getting better. The players are getting better. You've seen the growth of the game. We've talked about it. That's why basketball is such an amazing sport, because it's played all around the world by anybody. But if you're talking about the best players, you still got Steph Curry, reigning finals MVP. You got LeBron James. You got Kevin Durant. You got so much talent. And then the depth. But it is coming. This is great for the game of basketball. USA basketball got about 10, 15 more years left of dominance. In my, in my opinion, then they, kinda, then they get to get to the field. Yes, because our depth is always going to be greater, in my opinion, than an individual country. Oh, then okay. Slovenia. Then Greece. Then, then the, our depth will be greater than those countries, Spain. But... Their top players could still be on those other teams. Okay, Brian. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I know this isn't a fun answer, but you're, the team that's playing for their country is always going to be better than an all-star team. So mm-hmm. I would say the U.S. would win. Also, it's deeper. Richard, I don't think it's going to take 10 or 15 years. Yeah. In the Olympics last summer in Tokyo, the Australians were this close to getting the, the Americans, and not because the Americans weren't playing well. The Australians were just I've great. Been there, Kevin I've been Durant there before, Brian. Bailed them out. And, <laughs> I've been there before. Uh, yes, yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. T- 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. But anyway, um, the Americans got a problem with the big men. So over over the last decade, we have a bunch of Americans who are naturalized in other countries so that they can play for the national teams. Right. We need to start naturalizing some of these guys to be Americans. DeAndre Ayton, how would you like to be an American citizen? Because the best big men in the world are international players. And Carl Anthony Towns played for the Dominican Republic right. when he was a teenager, so he is an eligible. We need him badly. And so next summer, the World Cup is in the Philippines. The last time the World Cup was played in 2019, the U.S. finished seventh. They Mm. barely got through a valiant effort to win the gold in last year's Olympics. So the next two summers, the World Cup and the Olympics going to be a real competition. Well, we're not talking about one and about Greece or about Germany or about Spain. We're talking about if all of those best players got together and played Team USA. I know. It's I'm going to take the world. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to take the world. Uh, which, why not? John Morant, no stranger to dunking on anyone, by the way. But wait to hear who he said is not safe under the rim. We'll be back in just 60 seconds. You need to find out. So John Morant was a guest on the most recent Pivot podcast featuring our own Ryan Clark. And G12 had this to say about his fearlessness. When you come around that damn pick at the top of the key, do you even, are you ever concerned of who's under that rim? Nah. You don't even think about it. Nah. You just, you, you rising up. Straight like that. If Jesus was down there, he gonna have to get it. Yeah, I say I apologize and pray after. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to send me downstairs. Man. I don't see it. I don't see anything wrong with it, honestly. Uh, look, look, people don't understand. To get to this level, to be one of the greatest, yes. you, you have to think that anyone can get it. Anyone it. can get it. But uh, this is what I want to say. We can't see it because of the thing. Sis brought the fit. Can we give a, can we give a little love for the fit? The well, shoes? It's really, it's the the shoes? shoes? Come We're going to see you tomorrow I I was well on dressed. NBA Today. Bye.